All praise to the Most High. This is your boy, the man you came to see, King Meach. Give it up for him. What's up, good people? Um, again, it is a glorious day in the 757. Um, it's just great to be alive, man. You know, I just, just woke up. Had some things on the brisane, and I was like, you know, let me go record something today. <clears throat> today being the day after my birthday. Shout out to everyone who gave birthday wishes, birthday love. I appreciate it. You know, I'm I'm feeling a little uh feeling good, man. Come this far, you know, I have not. You know, when I was younger, I didn't know how long I was going to be alive and <clears throat> and I, I know it's hard to kind of hear that sometimes but for me you know I'm, I'm going to give you my life and my perspective as I always do you know and when I was growing up um, I, I am the middle child of two other siblings I have an older sister a younger brother who I love dearly. They are my my rock, my safe place, my best friends, my sibs. And um, and uh, side note, we are going to do a episode with my sibs soon. It's in the works. I'm trying to make sure the audio is decent enough so we can all kind of be on the same wavelength. But that's going to be an epic episode because we're going to basically talk about what it was like growing up as a Thompson. You know, we have a lot of friends and family, you know, a lot of, well, family knows a lot of friends. A lot of our friends don't understand why we are the way we are. And uh, it's going to be a fun episode, I think. That, that episode is going to be fun. I can't wait to do it. We we're supposed to do it this week, but time got away. But um, that's going to be a fun episode. So stay tuned to that one. Yo. Stay tuned for that one. I got some pretty dope episodes. It's a sidebar. I'm rambling right now. I, I got a, some some dope episodes are going to be coming soon. So I'm excited about that. But, you know, growing up, you know, um, gro- growing up as the middle child, if you, if you are a middle child, you can relate. Um, I felt... Like, I was the black sheep of the family. <laughs> no pun intended, I am the darkest. But, uh, you know, I just felt like, you know, I was the dark, the, the, the dark sheep. The black sheep of the family. And I always was scared that I would be the one that was dead too soon. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, he wasn't ready. He was too soon. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was that guy. No, nah, just you know, I wasn't doing anything like you know thuggery or anything. I, I I was a bully. I admit, I was a bully. I you know I, in high school, you know I was I was the biggest, and so being the biggest, you know you do dumb stuff, and I did do dumb stuff. I I did do dumb stuff. We'll just leave it at that. So um yeah so to be forty one. Um, is a feat of itself because I, in my heart of hearts, did not know if I would make it to be 41. And 
um, it's humbling to get this age. And uh, I know there's some people who are older than me, like, boy, just keep living. Yeah, just keep living. But they killing black folk out here, cuz. They killing the blacks out here in these streets, as Tony Baker would say. They killing them, man. So it's it's a, it's not a small feat. I mean, in, 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 in hindsight, it's not a small feat to reach the level of the age of 41. Because, you know, we not living out here that long, man. Can't do nothing in these streets, literally. Without getting murked for whatever. If it ain't by your own folk, it's by the police. If it ain't by the police, it's by the government. If it ain't the government, it's mother nature. So, to reach the level of age that I'm at now, I am super grateful. Thankful to, to God that he's allowed me to walk the earth another year. So, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm thankful and, and again shout out to everybody who showed me love on my birthday um, it, I'm super humbled um, that you would take the time to even say anything to your boys but uh, I want to kind of you know talk about you know the road to 41 and um, growing up I had a very easy childhood man I, I didn't really have to 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 do much. I didn't really have to, you know, my parents. I, I I have both of my parents alive, and both of them are successful in their own rights. You know, I come from. I, I've said in previous podcasts, I've come from a family of you know thinkers, inventors, entrepreneurs, go getters, hustlers. I, my my lineage is is powerful, and and I'm I'm grateful for my for my for my uh, my heritage. But growing up, man, I had I had it pretty easy, you know. I had it pretty easy. Uh, the only thing that really was hard for me was school. School was hard for your boy. And it wasn't that I wasn't smart enough. Um, I think I was smart enough at that age. Um, but uh, this, the way that school is set up for children to learn, I think is not conducive for all learning environments and all methods of individuals to learn. And so for me, I didn't know my learning style. I, di- I didn't know how I learned. And I think that's a, a problem with educators. Not educators, but the education system. Um, when you have a child going into the education system, do we spend time trying to figure out how each individual child learns? Now, I'm not saying that that's the school's responsibility. I'm saying, you know, it could be the parents' responsibility, you know, but nonetheless, we need to know how each child learns. And for me, I did not know how I learned. I didn't know what kept information retained in my brain. 
And so um, I had a very hard time in school, man. It was very hard. Um, you know, then uh, as I got older, you know, I, one thing that saved my life was me being a nice kid. <laughs> a nice kid who who told jokes, you know, who was, you know, I, I wasn't really the class clown. Because my mom was in the school system. My mom was a music teacher for years. And then she upgraded and became a counselor. And then she moved up the ranks and really, um, she I can't list all my mom's accomplishments. She'll tell you, though. She'll tell you. <laughs> but, uh, you know, my mom you know is is super smart and a lot of people in the school system knew my mom because she's been in the system so long she's had a bunch of accolades uh, accolades or however you say she was she was the woman in these streets you know everybody knew francis k so uh you know it was hard for me to act up in school because you know everybody knew my mom but, you know, I had some pretty dope teachers. I, I can remember some of them. Miss Riley, Miss McNamara. My favorite teacher was Miss Spalding. So Miss Spalding was my fifth grade teacher in Salem Elementary. Miss Spalding was, she was, she was like your mama away from home. Like Miss Spalding would, would pop you. <laughs> she'll pop your hand she's my fifth grade teacher and i'm i'm five eleven fifth grade i'm tall as hell and miss Baldwin was was nice man she was she was the first woman i ever seen to have dreads um she was the first black woman i've ever had as a teacher and she left an amazing impression on me um she she was she was like my mom man she was like my mom and so you know when i was in school i would i'd never forget this man i never forget this one story so i never uh i didn't know until like recently that teachers really did go around the room and ask people or ask the kids what you want to be when you grow up like on snoop dogs doggy style um uh cd and he's like, hey, what's your name? Well, you with them French braids. What's your name? My name's Snoop. <laughs> I want to be a mother effing hustler. You better ask somebody. And so that's what happened, yo. She actually went around the room. Johnny, what would you like to be when you grow up? Johnny's like, I want to be a fireman. Katie, what do you want to be when you I want to be a doctor. She said, Mike, what do you want to be when you grow up? I said, I want to be a DJ. She was like, you want to be a disc jockey? And I was like, nah. I want to be the dude to be like, ew, 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 ew. <laughs> I never forget that. Had the whole class week. And she was like, no, you're not going to be that. She's like, I'm going to tell your mama. <laughs> it was so funny, man. I was so, I was so crazy. But that, I didn't know what it was called. I wanted to be in music so bad. And that's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother podcast. But, uh, you know, my love for music was was humongous. I love music. I remember Miss Pitts was my my um, my music teacher. And the way that she would get me to calm down, because I was super hyper and rambunctious. And, 
I w- I was sli- I remember being on in the in the um in the music room, running across the floor, sliding under the chairs. I was just doing all types of crap, man. And she used to tell me, Michael, if you sit down and be good in the class, I'll let you play your rap music on the PA system. Like she had like the sound system in there that got really loud at Matt Bates. So I was like, okay. So I um I would sit down and 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 listen and sing the songs. We had to learn the Star Spangled Banner and we had to learn um the national anthem and God bless America. We had to sing all the uh, propaganda songs that the white man wanted us to learn. I'm just I'm not just teasing. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm just teasing. I'm not just teasing. Um, so I got to play my music and it couldn't have any cuss words. So I think that what I used to play was LL Cool J, Mama's Gonna Knock You Out. Mama's Gonna Knock You Out um, was uh, the song that I used to play when I was in music school. And um, that's, I mean, that's what, that's what it was. But I, I, I really had a hard time in school. School was so hard for me it gave me a, a, a phobia of school now i don't even think i'm i'm able to go to school now now i, I know people be like oh you can do anything i know but school had left a, so much of a bad impression on my life that i'm terrified 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 every any way how you want to say it of school terrified because of my experience in in uh, formal education, a formal education, and uh, so I got to about maybe high school, and my mom, as genius as she is, found out that white kids have this thing called ADD. <laughs> you know, you know who knows how long white people been taking Ritalin. <laughs> You know, because things happen and black folk don't find out till after the fact. Like, we didn't know nothing about stocks and bonds until the 1990s. <laughs> we didn't know we could invest our money and get a return into, into the 2000s and <laughs> the 99s to 2000, you know? We just found out about stuff that white folk been knowing their entire generation. So it, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not, um, unusual for us to find out things about us medically um, in these streets so my mom found out that there is a such thing called ADD and ADHD and me and my brother Ben were having such a hard time in school hard time focusing a hard time staying in our seats my biggest thing was go shop your pen sharpen your pencil that was my thing Nigga, if I couldn't figure out my work or work was boring or whatever, I would go to the pencil shopner and we would have a conversation. <laughs> we would, man. We would. I would sit and sharpen my pencil like for 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 minutes on end, as much as I could. And so, my mom um, took us to um, a psychologist, and the psychologist. Um, asked us a bunch of questions and evaluated us and found that, yeah, 
these boys have attention deficit disorder, ADD. And um, it really sent a shockwave to my family because uh, unbeknownst to me, I didn't know that my dad had issues, not issues, but he had some some regrets and how he raised us um, not knowing about this uh, this this I don't call it disease, but this uh, this part of our lives. I can't think of the right word. I'm half asleep. And so, you know, I remember one time we were all sitting at a table, which is rare in the Thompson house. When we eat dinner, breakfast, or anything, we don't sit at the table. We all kind of like scatter. That's just how our family is. You know, your family does what it does. Our family does what I does. And we don't really sit at the table. But this particular time, I remember we were sitting at the table and we were having a discussion. And I think my dad orchestrated this discussion because he got really emotional about how he raised us, me and my brother. And he he really, and even to this day, it's a conversation that we don't have a lot because it's hard for my dad because I think he feels remorse. That's the word. About how he didn't know about ADD. He used to spank us and discipline us on things we really didn't have any control over. And I think a lot of parents are guilty of that. A lot of parents are guilty of that. Of of, of disciplining your children on personality, on, on their personality, on, on their actual makeup. You know? If you have a child that draws and he likes to draw on the wall, Instead of giving them alternative means of releasing themselves, you know, we discipline them. Don't draw on the wall. You, you know, you beat them. And you can argue either way. But for my my dad, he really kind of took it hard. He took it hard because he thought that you know he was being a bad parent. And dad, you were not a bad parent. You were amazing. You 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 made me the man that I am, and I am forever grateful. And so I, I would never think that you raised us in a, a way that is uh, that that is uh, abusive or or anything like that. Super grateful for my parents. So we we went to the uh, psychiatrist, psychologist, or whatever. I think it was a psychologist, psychiatrist, because a psychiatrist I think gives out prescriptions. Whichever the ones that give out prescriptions, that's the one we went to. So we, we did that. Um, his name was Dr. Repass. I never wrote He is the creepiest dude that you ever... Like, he looked like he touched little kid booty holes. He, he looks like that. I'm not saying he did. That's just about how he looked. And he, he laughed. He had a very distinctive laugh. My, my brother is listening I do. Nigga, stop hopping, honking the horn. It's seven thirty in the morning, bruh. See, this is why you can't deal with African Americans. I'm recording my podcast, and he got here honking his horn. So yeah, if my brother's listening, he'll know there's a very distinctive laugh that Mr. Repass, Doctor Repass, has. He was just going. I can't even do it because it, it hurts my throat when he does it. But uh, he had like this this epic white person laugh. This is how white people laugh. 
but I can't do it, man. Maybe I'll do it later on if I can get my breath. But he, he just had this really old man, white, old white man laugh. And he would ask us questions and be weak. And me and Ben would look at each other like, what this nigga talking about? <laughs> he would ask us questions and we'd be like, man, no, nah, man, we don't do that in our house. Baby, I remember, man, me and Ben used to go in there and be like, man, I hate up here. This nigga is so creepy looking. But uh, he was cool, though. He he really helped me and my brother get past school. And um, I, I, you know, for maybe like six years, I took... Um, um, Ritalin and Adderall. I don't think I took Adderall. I took Ritalin. My brother took Adderall. Um, but um, it. I. That's when I really learned and understood what was going on in my mind was not normal. In my mind, and I've always been like this. Mind, even like now, it was really hard for me to focus my thoughts. And so when I was younger, I, I used to play with toys up until I was like maybe like 17 because I didn't have any other way to release. Maybe I was 17 because by that time I was playing, I was making music. So maybe about I was about 15. I had no way of expressing my creativity. Um, and so what I would do was I would get, you know, action figures and I would play out movie themes in my brain. I had like I had so much so so many conversations going through my brain I didn't know how to release it I didn't know how to to uh, formulate my thoughts and, and, and channel them into positive uh, uh, outcomes I, I just didn't know how to do it and so I will I will have these thoughts you know all the time in class it was the worst because while I'm in class and class is silent, my brain is having a freaking party. You know, it's so much stimulation for your mind that you don't know how to to channel it. And that, that's why I'm saying as far as like knowing how to learn, I didn't know until I got you know, almost an adult how to shush my brain so that I can think. Even now, I have to shush my brain so I can talk to y'all. But being that this is so natural, this is what I do, whether I'm on the mic or not, I sit in my room and talk to myself, just like I'm talking to y'all. And uh, so this is a a form of channeling my creativity. But, and I I think I said this in a previous podcast, if you have children and they're exhibiting, um, you know, the traits of not being able to focus, get them tested, yo. There's nothing wrong with this. First of all, there's nothing wrong with having a child who has an issue with focusing. The issue is sticking children on medicine who just need discipline. There's a difference. If your child lacks discipline and structure, Ritalin is not a babysitter, okay? So you're gonna have to do your job, mom. You're gonna have to do your job, dad. provide structure and discipline for your child now i had structure i had discipline um but i could not focus 
And so for me, uh, 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 allowed my brain to have, uh, have me have, so I can have control over my brain. So let me give you an example of what my brain or someone with ADD's brain is like. People with ADD and who can't focus, their mind is like a television. Now imagine a TV, right? In your living room, you have a 42-inch, 75-inch, 90-inch TV, whatever it is. And imagine um, on the TV, when you turn it on, that there are 400 channels playing on the TV in little pictures, like little pictures and pictures, at the same time. Right, you have 400 channels playing on the TV at the same time, and then you have to focus on one channel. Right, if you're gonna watch the news, you have to focus on that one news channel, and you can't turn the other 399 channels off. You have to focus on that one channel while all the other ones are playing with the volume on. That's what attention deficit is like. Trying to make someone focus while there are millions of other things going on at the same time. It's impossible. It's not that it's hard. It's impossible. That's why you have children who, while you're talking to them, they're fidgeting, they're drawing, they're playing with their feet, they're looking around, they're getting up and walking around. They're doing everything their brain is telling them to do because they cannot focus on what you're saying. Everything else looks more interesting than what you're talking about. That's what it is with me when I was in school. I could hear the teacher. I knew what the teacher was saying. And it all made sense. But there were so many other interesting conversations that my brain was presenting. I didn't give a flying cartwheel what my teacher was saying. You know, even though it was dumb, it was interesting to a six or seven or eight year old, 10 year old, 11 year old, 10 and 11 year olds, they care about dumb stuff. So sitting in my seat and paying attention was the absolute last thing I wanted to think about. And so for normal kids, they can have the same TV, the same channels, but they have have the channels display on the TV one at a time or maybe 10 at a time. So it's easier to see and focus on each square. And for people with ADD, it's not the same thing. So it's and what Ritalin does and what medicine does, it takes those 300 or those 400 chief channels and dwindles them down to a level that they can kind of concentrate. Each each uh, uh, kid is different. So some kids need to have one channel. They got to just focus on one thing. Those are the ones who just be zoned out. Some can manage with 10 or 20 channels, but it, that's what it does. It kind of uh, it kind of compresses or tries to, uh, uh, what's the word, Um, trying to calm all that down so that the child can think. And I said this in another podcast that, yo, if you have a child and you stick them in 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 a quiet situation, the worst thing you could do is present silence to a child who has ADD because the outcome is not going to be pretty they're not going to they're not thinking about what they did wrong they're not thinking about their homework they're not thinking about anything you told them to do 
So my childhood growing up in school was super duper hard. As an adult, you know what I'm saying? I had to learn how to shush my brain because I didn't want to be on Ritalin my whole life. You know, there are times I wish that I would be on it so I can get work done. But, you know, I've made it 41 years and out of those 41 years, maybe 20 of those years, I haven't had Ritalin. So it's kind of like, why, why, why wake the, you know, the, the dragon up? Why even, why even do all that? So now for me now, what I do is I use white noise and that white noise can be anything. It can be, um, uh, literally white noise. Sometimes I just like having the fan on. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that allows me to kind of focus and concentrate. Sometimes I use music. Sometimes I have to have music with no words because words require attention. So if I'm listening to someone rap, I'm thinking about the bars, I'm thinking about the beat. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about a whole bunch of layers and, and a whole bunch of things. If, it was, if it's just a song with no music and no uh, words, I'm just listening to the beat. And so there's nothing for me to think about. And so that was, which allows me to focus on what I'm doing. You know, so uh, it's it's just a, a, a process. I had to learn how to learn myself. And that's something I kind of I'm kind of proud of uh, within myself is that um, uh, at 41, I know how to control my brain, you know, and how to because it's hard, man. It's hard. Yo. People like to. That's why I get really defensive when people say, "Oh, I'm ADD." You know, I, you know, I can't, I can't focus. I'm ADD. You have no idea the struggles of someone who wants to focus and cannot. That was something I hated in school because I wanted to do the work, but I couldn't. I could not get it together to do the work, and so it, it was super hard, man. It was super hard, but you know. I got through it because I had a praying mother. She knew how to call on the name of Jesus. That was Ellen Bella. She talked about her grandma. <laughs> well, I heard a praying grandmother. But yeah, my mom, man, I'd never forget you. My mom would pray heaven down that I would graduate high school. <laughs> Because I sucked at school so bad. I sucked. And the, and the thing about it is now, I love, I won't say to learn, I love certain aspects of school. That Not the, the learning part, but I love history. I love government. I love politics. Like, I eat that stuff for dinner, you know? And it's weird because those were my favorite subjects in school. But the reason why I did so bad at them because I couldn't retain the information because it would not, I couldn't focus on what they were saying. I enjoyed the topics. You know, I enjoyed listening to what they were saying. But like now, yo, that's all I do is like research history, especially on, on, on black history. I research American history and, and, and global history about you know, just a bunch of things, and those things interest me, so it's just amazing how, like, I always thought that if I went back to school to be, I wanted to be a teacher at one point in time, I thought if I went back to be a, a teacher, if I can't, you know, decide to be a teacher, I would be the illest history teacher ever, because I would teach black history 
even though it wasn't on the SOL. <laughs> I will let our black kids and brown kids know the real deal about your heritage. And it's important. It's important. And white people are going to have to just be mad. It's important that we know about our black history. It's important. Not just on February. February is just a, it, it's just a, a small speck on the grand scheme of things. We need to know our black history. We need to know about certain things and or, or certain cultural things that we do and why we do them. You know, you know why why black people don't know about stocks and bonds and and wealth and uh, and why why black dads aren't in the home. You know, systemic issues and things that we just can't control at this point. We will control them. We will come out of this and we will take our reigns as kings and queens of the earth. We will. I believe it. But um, enough about that. But yeah, you know, that that's how my, my life was, man. So, you know, I, I found out that I am smart. <laughs> I am pretty freaking smart. And growing up, I didn't always feel that way. I had a sister who was brilliant i mean brilliant my sister is smart as hell i mean just smart for no reason can learn anything can figure out anything that's she's just amazing my brother same thing genius you know we didn't have a whole lot of book smarts but my brother has this meet this way of learning anything you show him like and i have it too and my cousin aaron has it too it's like if you show us anything or you show my brother anything you consider it consider it taught and he's um he's done well for himself learning the things that he he saw me do learning the things he saw others do and took it and ran with it and he's doing really well him and his family but for me i was just like i didn't know my place in the world I didn't know what I was going to do. I knew my sister would be smart uh, academically in some form or fashion. I knew my brother would be successful doing some type of creative music or whatever. Because he's a phenomenal drummer. You heard me talk about this. Shout out the Mad Drummer. Find him on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. And Dr. Rhonda um, on Twitter. Uh, you can locate them. But I didn't know what my place was I, I just didn't know man I, I i thought that's why i thought you know by the time i got this age i would be dead or paralyzed or something somebody done shot me because i got smart mouth i love i i love to talk talk my ish man i, I love i love talking ish i thought i got murk or something like that but you know i i've i've i'm i have not um succumb to that thankfully and um it always used to used to scare me because i didn't know what i don't want to say my purpose was i didn't know what my it thing was like my sister was super smart my brother was super gifted and i didn't know what was it that i was good at i thought i was good at excuse me i, I wanted to be a comedian and my mom was like hell no I'll never forget my mom was being interviewed on the TV 
coming out it was radio station my mom was being interviewed for something i don't know what she was doing she was my mom was always in the forefront so she's being interviewed and they were asking about her kids and she got to my sister and said my sister was smart got to my brother said he was talented and got to me and said my son wants to be a comedian <laughs> in retrospect it was so lame in the game in the grand scheme of our our family like my sister is going to be a doctor my son is going to be a professional musician and travel the world with he had my son is going to be a comedian <laughs> <laughs> shout out to all the comedians out there but i just my mom was like nah he's not gonna do he thinks he's gonna do that but he's not because my favorite comedian was fozzy bear like fozzy bear had had skills man but you know it, it it really i did not know what my how my life would plan out i just didn't know still kind of don't know i'm still in the mix of trying to figure out what my life is you know where my life is at but one thing i do know that i do have value i've learned that about myself i've learned that i i am smart in my own way uh, i may not necessarily be um you know academically smart to have all the accolades of you know degrees and all that but um, I am I am intelligent. I'm self-taught in everything I do, I, I, because I don't like school. I think I, now I think school is a scam. You couldn't pay me to go to school. If school ain't free, I ain't going. And that's the fact. And I know I'm on a tangent right now, but if school ain't free, I ain't going. School, the school and the medical field scams. Not that they're not beneficial. Is that the means of accomplishing them, as far as um, monetary, um, is is botched? I, I think that you know the school systems um, are not in it for the students. I think the teachers are, you know, the professors and teachers are, but I think the school system, especially these for-profit schools, they don't give a GD about people. They they want them, they want people to come to their schools and get this money. It's like it's the American way. I'm not mad. It's just the American way. America is built on capitalism and profit, not on um, uh, sustaining mankind. Are you serious? America? Can you imagine America being um, a a mankind centric? country that would never happen never happen to put humanity first like can you imagine a president that would be the antichrist but like can you imagine the president saying hey we're gonna put humanity first not america first you know make america great again make humanity great again that would be a, a huge selling point which would be almost impossible because I think we're so effed, we don't even know what being human is. My personal opinion, my personal conspiracy for the day. So yeah, that that's that that's my life, man. I, I don't I don't like school. I think school is a scam. I think college is a, a huge scam. Um, because most of us go to college, and my, me too. I went to college, have an associate's degree, 
I went to Bryant and Stratton. Shout out to Bryant and Stratton College. I appreciate y'all for teaching me absolutely nothing and taking all my parents and my money for it. And that's what it is. Like, you go to school. Some of us go to school, rack up so much debt. Some of us get pregnant. Some of us impregnate folk. Some of us do a whole bunch of stuff, rack up a whole bunch of debt, get a degree, a piece of paper saying this person knows this, and then get a job at a call center. <laughs> You're not even working in the field that you went to a degree on. You got a degree on. And that that's... That's why I think for for you to tell a child who don't know nothing at 18 years old, you ain't, you don't know any, I had to calm down. You don't know anything. And then you're going to make them make a life decision that can cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars in some cases about their lives that they're never going to participate in. I think that's unfair. I think that's so unfair because what happens here's what happens watch this bro. watch this watch this this the best of preacher watch this watch this you have a child graduate high school congratulations you tell them to go to college they pick a they pick a, uh, a topic that they want to learn on or, or a major go to school four years go to four-year school get the degree don't find a job in the degree Rack up seventy, eighty thousand dollars worth of debt. Okay, so then they find out later in life, maybe about twenty-three, twenty-five. Well, I guess about twenty, maybe about twenty-seven, twenty-eight, that they really like, you know, being an HR generalist. So then they have to spend another forty, fifty thousand dollars if the job doesn't pay for it, going back to a school like Strayer, and then learning, getting their master's degree in HR generalist instead of waiting getting a job or joining the military learning life how to you know live life and how to manage their life and then say hey you know this fits me this career fits me I'm doing well you know in Carlson which is nothing wrong with Carlson where Carlson is my entire entire life for over 20 years now i haven't been answering the phone for 20 but i've moved up i've, I've moved I've, I've known i just found this one guy who i worked with at a company maybe 12 years ago he's now a ceo of a of a company and he started on the phones with me i was amazed and so i don't i don't poop on call centers like call centers are great jobs um to start out on and to kind of get your feet wet so you know i say you graduate high you know graduate high school get you a nice uh interim job or uh uh what's the entry job yeah entry job uh, get you a nice entry job and and work get out on your own manage your bills and your car and all that learn how to do all that and then kind of figure out where you want to go in life then go in school drop your 40 50 60k on school because sometimes you know nowadays schools you know jobs pay for school now so you know that's the path i think would be best for a lot of these young people first just going straight to college straight after school man you get asking an 18 year old to figure out what they like to do for the rest of their lives they just figured out that a penis goes into a vagina like that's so dumb to me that's, just, that's stupid that's why i think it's a scam 
because you're going to school twice. You're going to school because your mama wants you out the house, right? Mama wants you out the house. Go, you going to college? Kid, go to college and they pass all the, 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 um, all the risks of you know, of college life, not dying of alcohol poison, not getting pregnant, and all this stuff. They pass all that and they get out and they don't even get a job in what you just spent tens of thousands of dollars on. So I, that's why I think it's a scam. But you know, such is life, man. It's the American way. So I hope you enjoyed uh, my rant. And I again, I just want to you know thank everybody who who listens to these podcasts. I really appreciate it. It it really means a lot to me that you spend time listening to me ramble about my life and about things that I think are interesting that maybe other people don't. But I appreciate. It. I don't take it grant. I don't take it for granted. What I do ask is that if you do enjoy these podcasts, please share it with your friends. You may have some people who may think or may enjoy some of the things that I talk about. And I appreciate it. If you would, you know, you could definitely drop those likes in the Anchor. Um, if you have the Anchor app or Spotify, let me know how you feel. If you have any uh, show topics, message me. Let me know. You can find me on everywhere on social media at Michael Raphael. Michael spelled M-Y-K-A-H-L. And Raphael like the Ninja Turtle. You definitely can find me on everywhere that social media is presented. I am there. Even Snapchat, which I love Snapchat because the filters are fun. I like to make uh, little characters. I made one with aliens. You can find me on TikTok to see my alien character that I made. Um, But yeah, that's going to be all. I hope you guys have a glorious week. Until next time, be nice to each other, man. Be safe. And never forget to love your mother. You only got one. Peace.